our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G Cobb in the house with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G Cobb and Micah Warren. Hey, 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 what's happening, everybody? Welcome to G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. My name is Micah Warren, and I'm joined by my man, Ron Glover. How you doing, Ron? Pretty good, Micah. How are you? I can't complain. Memorial Day weekend, getting started. It's Friday night. I'm all right. I'm doing all right, you know? Um, you know, uh, and we had texted earlier, Ron, and I was thinking of stuff you know, we could go over tonight. We always come up with something. I mean, it, it's not too tough for the two of us to figure out what to talk about with sports. Um, and I wanted to start in the NBA. Obviously, we'll transition into uh, to Pippen's comments on uh, on Jordan, which I don't get it all, but I was curious if you saw, uh, did you see the interview with Gary Vitti, who I guess is the head trainer for the L.A. Lakers? My question is going to be this. We've seen the end of this Laker dynasty, these great Laker teams, because you say, well, you still have Kobe, you still have a chance. You know, Andrew Bynum is 23. I think he's a knucklehead myself, but supposedly he's untradeable. Uh, I saw that report earlier this week. Did you see that the, the interview with Gary Vitti about Kobe having a degenerative, what they call it, an irreversible knee condition? No. This is the first thing I've heard. All right, well, it was on the Lakers' official website, and I'll tell you what he said. And based on the things he said, and he's like, oh, that's not a problem because we have some things we can do. And I'm thinking, anytime I hear degenerative condition, you know, now Kobe we all think of as this young guy. He's 33 years old. He's been in the league a long time. 33 is nothing. Obviously, he came in and out of high school in 96. Um, so I'll read you what, what he said. He says, uh, Gary, this is Gary Beatty, the um, Lakers head trainer. Uh, I do think he has more progression there, but structurally there are some issues that cannot be reversed but can be dealt with. There are a couple of cards we have up our sleeve that we plan on playing, and he and I have been in daily communication about that. All right, fine. He is an articulating cartilage problem. The way I describe that to people is that if you look at the end of the chicken bone where it's nice and white, well, that's not bone, it's cartilage. Sort of like a Teflon surface that when two bones come together, that cartilage is there so that bones don't rub on each other. I don't even need to hear another word, Ron. It doesn't sound good. Right. Uh, <laughs> let's see. He goes on to say, I have the whole quote here. So over time, that, as that cartilage wears away, you could end up with osteoarthritis. Kobe doesn't have an arthritic knee but he has a knee that has some joint degeneration to it. His issues and his age are such that they eliminate some procedures like microfracture and that type of thing. The fact that they're even talking about this, Ron, is that a concern? This doesn't yes. sound good. He keeps saying, well, there are things you can do. These things don't sound good. Not at all. That's, 
well, you mentioning this to me is the first I've heard of it. And, you know, and I think of degenerative, a lot of times you hear it associated with the back, maybe a, de- a degenerative disc or, or something like that. But I can only imagine what it means to the knee. Um, most of the time when you think about your back, you figure everything is in one place and, you know, you just maybe when you're moving something like that, but your knees are constantly used, you know, whether you're walking, running, or jumping. And you you think maybe, you know, this could probably affect his everyday life, let alone basketball. Yeah. So I, I think that it's something that's, um, that they're really looking into. And, and I think that he's just trying to handle it, you know, Speaking from a basketball sense, but I think it goes a lot deeper than that if if it's even being mentioned. I mean, I'm definitely concerned about that. I mean, just I'm reading this, and at the end of each sentence, he kind of puts this nice spin on it. But look, 33 isn't a kid, and they don't need Kobe to be a decent player off the bench. Last year, he signed a three-year deal for $90 million. You don't pay that kind of money for a sixth man or a role player. They need him to be a stud and what you're talking about, too, well, it affects his everyday life. But I don't know how much basketball you've played over the years. I mean, we've all played our share, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, when your legs go, whether it's you're tired, you have a sore eye, whatever it is, you can't shoot consistently. I don't care who you are. If you don't get your legs into your shot, and, I mean, that's part of it. And the other mm-hmm. part is, what about this first step or, that, or you know, on defense, uh, defended on the ball? And so I see that, and then I see the behavior of guys like Lamar Odom, uh, Andrew Bynum, Phil Jackson's gone. You know, Mike Brown's coming in. He's got a great record over the, but you know, he never got it done in Cleveland. Do you think this is kind of the beginning of the end of the Lakers as we know them? Now that you tie everything in, and the fact that Kobe wanted Brian Shaw and didn't get him, now you've got Mike Brown coming in. It is the beginning of the end because. You know, and I think it ties in with the health issue, with this health issue. Yeah. I, I say maybe Kobe plays another year or two, and, and then you start really looking at this thing like, you know, the Lakers are going in another direction. I mean, you can even say that now. And definitely Mike, the signing of Mike Brown clearly indicates that. Would you try that they didn't give Kobe the guy that he wanted? For him to be the face of the franchise, I think speaks volumes. I think it does too, Ron. Would you trade him if you could get a decent return? All right, I'll, I'll take you, it a step further, Ron. I'm going to take it a step further. The Sixers are a Kobe Bryant away from being a contender. I don't know to what level he's going to continue to play because in this interview it even says. He messed up. Well, he had the knee surgery in the off season, so he came in kind of behind the eight ball, and never got caught up. He was never really healthy this year. Right. That stuff starts to linger. If you're the Sixers and you add him, you've got to make a blockbuster deal. You're going to be giving up somebody you don't want to be giving up because it's Kobe Bryant. Or is the haul too big that you'd have to give up? I wouldn't mortgage the future for Kobe Bryant. I don't think I would either. First, I can't believe I'm saying that because. The simple fact, you know, with this this new issue, and let's just say the issue's not even there. He's on a decline. He's on the other side of his uh, career. Mm-hmm. And at this point, he's plateaued. You've seen the best of him that you're going to see. And he's a final peace guy. 
He's not the blo- He's not. He's no longer the building block. He's the guy that you're going to need to get over the hump. So I can't see me mortgage in the future for him. Although it would be a nice piece if if Iguodala and a first round pick gets me Kobe Bryant, then it's done yesterday. Maybe two if, number ones, but that's if, it. If, if Iguodala gets high school freshman in return. I think I do it. I, you just, I can't say Iguodala. I'm sorry, but Iguodala at number one, done, 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 especially since the Sixers are good enough that number one pick's not going to be that high. Exactly. And in the NBA, like, remember when the NBA draft was fun to watch? Remember that? Yeah. Yep. When you knew the players? Yeah, these be, guys the here, it's was, like you don't know them. You don't know where they're from. You don't know their backgrounds. You don't, you don't know them. In our day, uh, I'll be damned if Evan Turner would go two overall. Remember, I mean, this I'm to go back to the early '90s when you, you know, Gary Payton and Doug, Derek Coleman. It's like you watch these were all the stars you watched for years in college, finally making it. And like you said, now, you watch for years. You watch these guys grow up, and you couldn't wait for them to get, hopefully, to your team. And it was always, you knew you were going to get somebody. You knew you had that shot because you had. 15 to 17 guys coming out that you knew were going to be studs at some point. Yeah. Unless you were taking Kenny Payne out of Louisville. <laughs> Kenny Payne, why does it go there? <laughs> I, I just what, had to. What about, you could also take Sharon Wright, I mean. Uh, we've got a, I mean, you know, we've got a list of them. <laughs> you've got and, Sean and Bradley in between. Sean Bradley. Chris Weber and Penny Hardaway. He was probably the safest number two pick ever, I guess. Oh, those days were painful. All right. Well, Zoe was a two, right? <laughs> yeah, all I mean, Sixers had such good picks. And, you know, you, you, like I remember when they drafted Weatherspoon. They're like, he's the guy that's going to replace Barkley. You think about that now that I'm so much older. I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh, this guy's going to just come in and be all – okay, good. Okay, thank you. Well, thank God we got him. And we bought into it. We hope you had to. You know, I thought Sean Bradley was like Manute Bowl with talent. <laughs> so much, yeah, so much so, too. I mean, they they sold us down to the look. You know, he's even got Barkley's look. He's got the close haircut. He, he's, you know, he's a little lighter than him, but he's a little taller, you know, height-wise. He's not as heavy, but he's tall. <laughs> I mean, we just all, we bought it all, hook, line, and sinker. Uh, and we do. In order to keep our sanity, Ron, I think part of it. So, so but, but getting back to the original point, that first so now these days that first round pick is not the same. I mean, even look at last year, you either got John Wall or you didn't. Evan Turner yeah. could be okay. He could be a decent player. But what, isn't that how that draft breaks down, depending on whether you went, wanted to mess with DeMarcus Cousins? Who had talent, but I mean, look at him. He got kicked. Last time I checked, he was already, it was like January, he had already been kicked out of a couple practices for the Kings. <laughs> I'm sorry, so, I missed that last part. Well, I'm saying, you know, DeMarcus Cousins is probably the only other guy you would take as far as having upside with that kind of talent, right, last year? Yeah, Cousins was actually the guy I wanted. I, I either wanted Cousins or Greg Monroe. Mm-hmm. But I wanted a big. I wanted a big. And uh, the Turner pick to me was just the Sixers just taking another guy, you know, and that – Six six, 
six, seven range, and, you know, you've already got that. And I just wanted something different. Well, that's been a Sixers problem for a few years now where it's like you feel like you're watching the same guy. Yeah, and now... You'll say... And, and, and now I'm hearing... Now too. Some of these guys have developed, like Thaddeus and Drew Holiday. Right. So, if it's going to take giving up Drew Holiday for a Kobe Bryant or something, I don't know. i got to think, this guy, even just as much as a year ago, people would have died to have him on their team. Now, I don't... Go ahead. Um, as far as a, a future piece, as part of what I would consider the future, I'm not giving up for him. Eager Dollar is my only chip and a first-round pick. None yeah. of what none of the players considered in my quote-unquote future am I giving up. So no Drew Holiday, no Thaddeus Young, no Evan Turner, no Lou Williams. It's Iggy or Bus. And we can work with that. We can work around that. Rip up his contract and sign to a big deal. Because the other problem is you got to match contracts. How would you match $30 million a year? Sixers so wouldn't even have that. Yeah. So it would have to be, they would have to tear, like you said, they would have to tear up his contract. They would have to tear up Kobe. It would be a signing trade. Yeah. Or a third team would need to get involved. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. A third team would have to get involved to make that happen. Of course, we're just speculating. We're making all this up. This is yeah. just you know general, right? Uh, just the theoretical, because theoretically he is a piece. If you had a, a decent Kobe, which I don't know what you're going to get moving forward, he would be the piece the Sixers are missing. The guy that you can count on to take that last shot, right? Uh, because that that they didn't have, and that was the difference between, you know, certainly in the playoffs between the Heat and the Sixers, they had those guys. And the Sixers had talent. They had some good players, but it, it wasn't enough. But we got to take a break. we got more NBA to discuss on the other side. We'll be right back. This is G-Cobb in the house on VoiceMedSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Fantasy sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. 
Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. And we're right back here on GCOB in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I am Michael Warren along with Ron Glover from GCOB.com. And we were talking a little Lakers as at the beginning of the end for them. Again, Bill Jackson left. You know, you got Bynum and Odom, which are about as much of leaders as whatever. I mean, <laughs> whatever the opposite of a good leader is. Uh, and Kobe Bryant, we were talking about, you know, maybe his knee's health and he's fallen. And I feel terrible for Kobe too, Ron. You, you know what he made this year? $23 million. I feel terrible for him. Oh, he didn't get a title. I am crying for him. I, I just can't imagine what those damn checks look like coming through the door. Well, I don't even know what to do that. Can you imagine a check like that every other Tuesday? You know, but he, he had so much, I guarantee he doesn't even look at it. It probably is probably a direct deposit into an account that he hasn't seen in 10 years. I mean, that's one time that you're just like, you know what, when you totally forget that payday's there. That payday's coming. You just, you go on with your life. I mean, That's unbelievable. People, like, you know, people like myself, you know, I have a small business, and we go through a month, the bills are paid. That's a great month for me. Right. <laughs> My bills are paid. You know, all right, let's go see what we can do next month. He doesn't even, I mean, how often do you think he looks at his bank accounts? Only when, you know, when he's got to buy his, his wife a $4 million ring. Yeah, you better check and make sure it's there then. But other than that, you know, he's not even looking. I mean, he qualifies that card, right? He may. He's probably spending Nike's money. He probably hasn't touched the Lakers' money yet. You, and you know, Ron, you're right. If he has half a brain, and I think he does. I think Kobe's a bright guy. Oh yeah. Um, you can live off side endorsement money and just keep socking this away. Your great 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 grandchildren will never work a, a day in their life if you save your money wisely. I heard this some years back, and I don't know how true it is, but they said that Shaquille O'Neal, by the time he had gotten to the Lakers, had never spent, had never even touched his NBA money from his Orlando Magic days because he had the huge deal with Reebok and so many other endorsements that he never even got around to even touching his NBA money. And good for him. Good for him if he did that. Because let me tell you something, especially looking at Kobe, came out of, out of high school, a lot of guys out of high school. No one teaches you, I don't care where you come from, no one teaches you how to deal with that kind of money. Yeah. You give me that kind of money at 18 years old, you want to see a moron? Mm-hmm. Oh, 
You give me that money at 33. I'm 33 years old. I'll probably still steal your moron. But the the prime example of that and the tragedy of that is Allen Iverson. Well, bad decisions, man. I remember listening to him one time, and he said, you know, I had all this. He said, I had $50 million from Reebok. He said, here I am from Virginia. He said, I never had a dime in my life. What am I going to do with this money? I've never been taught money management because we never had no money to manage. Mm-hmm. And coming into the league, you know, you have those symposiums and things like that. But really, no one's really going to sit down with you and tell you what to do with your money. Maybe, you know, probably not even your own family. I mean, there are people probably in your family that probably would. But other than that, you're pretty much on your own because you're looked upon from your family's point of view as the breadwinner. And you've, yeah. you've got hangers on and things like that, and, you know, you know how it goes. No, you're exactly right. And you have to think, too, you're right. They have symposiums and things, but... Remember, and we've talked about this before, Ron, you and I, like when you look back to when you're 18, you know, part of your job as, as an 18-year-old is being a moron because that's where there's some kids, you know, you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. You think you're going to play forever. Yeah. Well, I'll make more. Exactly. You know, so it's not even a matter of people telling you, would you listen? And this is a little bit different, but a uh, similar mindset. When I asked Michael Vick recently, uh, sometime during the football year this year, uh, you know, what would, you, what would Mike Vick now go back and tell Michael Vick in Atlanta? And he said, nothing, because I wouldn't have listened. He was like, I was the king of the world. I wouldn't have listened. Mm-hmm. Kind of got a point. You're being told how great you are constantly. What are you listening to you for? What, Ron, you going to tell me what to come do with my money? Yeah, and anybody that, anyone that cares about you, really, some, may, some people may be afraid to speak up for fear of, cutting you, or for, for fear of being cut off by you. Because mm-hmm. you're saying, look, you need to slow down. It's getting out of control. There's no way none of Michael Vick's quote-unquote friends were going to tell him what he was doing and Virginia was wrong. No. No one. These guys no. were in his back pocket, and the last thing that they were going to do is anger their mail ticket. And I don't know about you, Ron. I don't know that I would either if I'm in that situation. Yeah. I mean, this guy is providing... You with whatever you want, really. Maybe you know, it's mm-hmm. within reach, to, well, within reason, depending on how close you are with them. Right. You, right. you could be the one to be like, "Hey, guys, <laughs> I think we need to knock this off." I probably wouldn't. There was no, there was no voice of reason in that group. No. Or no one, want, and no one wanted to be the voice of reason. As far as what they saw, that was a part of their culture. That was what they did. That was what they came up doing. Now it was just money added into it, and, and money made the thing bigger. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they, you know, after a while, it got out of their hands, where their money wasn't even, you know, it was their operation, but it got to the point where the operation was running them. And when it gets like that, that's when you get sloppy and things like you saw happen. Yeah, or your cousin selling pot out of the dog operation house. Exactly, being sloppy. I mean, that's how they being got sloppy. caught. And you think, oh, oh well, God. you know, I got this going. You know, let me try and see. And, and you get to the point where, while well, making this much money doing this, let me add this on and make more money. And, and that's mm-hmm. where the sloppy thinking comes in at, in the greed. And that was the downfall. 
Yeah, money does it, it does it does things to you when you get mm-hmm. some of it. You want more of it. Yeah, exactly. And none of us, none of us are different. None of us. No. And you can we can all say what we want. You start to get some dough, things change. Yep. I hope, Ron, that I know what that's like one day. I, I want to be a jerk. You know, I, I would hope that it would come now. <laughs> Better now than 20 years ago. Because 20 years ago, I know I would have been no good. If, if, if been... I didn't ask my wife to hold me in check, I, I would be, I would have that problem. Because you just yeah. get the money, you're like, man, I can turn this money into uh, nice stuff. Yes. <laughs> you know, I like nice yeah. stuff. And that's the way we think. That's the way we think. We, you know, that's the way you thought as a young guy. Mm-hmm. And unless you had somebody to rein you in, or you were just that solid mentally, as far as a financial thinker, you, you would you would ruin yourself. You would ruin yourself. And that's one of the things too, because we're going to get into this. We'll probably get into more of that uh, in a couple minutes. But that's one of the things that impressed me so much about LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he, was a, he was a rookie in 03. That was the 03 draft? Yes. Yes. And early in his career, he's 18, 19 years old, this guy could buy you and me 50 million times and nothing of it, and he can't even drink. Um, and so he's starting all these businesses, and someone asked him, they said, why are you starting all these businesses? He's like, you know, I can't play basketball forever. And I thought, what a, what a very forward-thinking, intelligent thing for a young kid to say, mm-hmm. to be like aware of his own mortality, to know that these checks aren't going to be coming in when I'm 40. Exactly. Not this size. Exactly. I mean, it's so impressive. I was thinking, geez, I don't think I would have known to do that. Um, um, and I think, I think sometimes situations in life put you, prepare you for certain things. And I don't know what it was like with him and his mom. He may have seen some instances where she may not have been as good with money. And some kids pick up on that. And they know mm-hmm. instantaneously, instantaneously, you know what, no matter how much money I get, I know that I have to have a nest egg somewhere. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what it is, whether it's property, whether it's business, whether it's what, whatever. You know, I can't, I can't blow this money. You know, maybe the first couple of years, you know, maybe the world, maybe, you know, what I get from the sneaker money is fine. I can, you know, play around with that, but as far as my future, I can't mess with that. And mm-hmm. I think he was one of those guys that had really a lot of good people in his ear that mm-hmm. genuinely cared about him. You couple that with what he probably went through coming up, and I think it put him on the right path. Yeah, and you know, you make a good point that maybe he did see uh, his mother. It, 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 maybe he wasn't good with money. You never know because... Like some kids have a parent that's an alcoholic and they, they fall into that themselves and the, the, the path continues, whereas others right. have a parent that's a drunk and they will never have a drink in their life. Exactly. Because they Just out of that fear. Just out of that fear. Just like, you know, you, sometimes you see something and the cycle continues, other times it's like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, and, and the kid says, you know, this has to end with me because one day eventually I'm going to be a parent. Right. And, right. you know, that's the wake-up call. Well, whatever it was, Kobe, I mean, LeBron seems to be very bright about his money. I mean, did he get maybe some bad advice on the decision? Maybe. I think more was made out of that than 
you know, nobody mentioned the millions that went to charity. I think that's yeah. probably what they botched more than anything. Yeah, probably, I mean, as far as just PR mistakes, they've been minimal. And, and that's probably going to be, you know, to this point probably is worse. Everything else that I've seen has been rock solid and airtight with this guy. And it's like, you can tell there's a lot, they consider a lot and everything is considered carefully. Mm-hmm. They rarely put him in a position to take a serious PR hit. That was really the only time, you're right. Yeah. I mean, other than that, it seems like everything has been has been pretty good. I mean, you could take Jordan, for instance. You rarely heard anything about a PR snafu or anything like that with him. Right. Well, if you did, it's coming out now. But and, they wouldn't dare say anything back then in regards to that. No. They hit tons of stuff with him. We will never know the stuff right. that went on with him. You know, you exactly. hear the rumors or whatever. But now that you mentioned right. it, we do have to talk a little bit. We have to take a break. But uh, we did talk about, you know, is LeBron better than Michael Jordan? It sounds ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But apparently Scottie Pippen thinks so. On the other side, we will get to that. we got to take a break. This is G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. flagship station for sports voice america sports listen to sports talk at the positive pub every monday at 1 p.m eastern 10 a.m pacific on the voice america sports channel gil tyree talks to sports newsmakers playmakers and story breakers you the hardcore interactive and novice fan can join the show via your phone calls and emails Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for an old school in-your-face discussion of professional college and high school football? Tune in for talk on a variety of football-related topics on the program From Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard. You'll hear the week's headlines and straight talk from the hosts and weekly guests that are personal and provocative. From Under the Helmet is broadcast every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. 
now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here. This is G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren along with Ron Glover. Uh, and we started to talk about the, the Scotty Pippen comments, and you made a comment during the break, Ron, about Pippen being broke. And I did a quick Google search because, you know, the rumors are out there. We never know for, you know, whatever. A couple of these, it's not hard to find links when you Google Scotty Pippen broke. <laughs> there is enough information out there. And this one says he lost $120 million in career earnings due to poor financial planning and bad business ideas. Wow. Jeez. That's like a full-time job losing that kind of money. I mean, you just handed it to anybody? That is incredible. That, that's, oh. And then you hear, I mean, you hear about guys like Barkley, you know, losing $10 million, gambling. Possibility that rumor was out about Irish and being broke, and Stephen A. Smith misquoted on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 120 million. That's a lot to swallow. What was he planning? Well, this says four careers. You planning? I mean, what are you planning? I, I'm trying to think. I mean, this is a guy that in '98, '99 made 11 million with the Rockets. And with Portland after that, 14-7, 13-7, 18-flat, 19-7. And oh, this is year three. You talk about stealing money. And then back with the Bulls for four nights. Now, this is speculation. We don't know to what degree. I mean, when people say broke, that could mean a lot of different things. Right. But, right. And the reason we're, we're, we're mentioning this is because for those who haven't heard, Scottie Pippen made, and this is kind of a no-no, isn't it, Ron? Uh, anytime you played with a guy that's considered great, I mean, isn't it kind of a no-no to ever suggest that someone's better? It's almost like you got to defend your own guy. And never heard Yari Curry, Mark Messier, or any of those guys knock Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> I never heard that. I never heard Wayne Gretzky's name thrown across calls like this um it came as quite a shock i think i read the comments i kind of get what scotty's saying but at the same time that's not that jordan is the be all that end all before a lot of people out there he is and if you said he was the greatest player of all time you wouldn't be far off all right so let's yeah. I'm just going to read the comments real quick, just so everyone knows what we're talking about. I guess Pippen went on Mike and the Mike, Mike and Mike this morning and said this. I didn't know this was smart. I thought it was yesterday. He said, Michael Jordan is probably the, the greatest scorer to play the game. You could argue against that purely because there's guys like Wilt. I mean, they changed the rules because they couldn't stop him. Right. Um, but I may go as far as to say LeBron James may be the greatest player to ever play the game because he is so potent offensively that not only can he score at will, but he keeps everybody involved. You have to be on your P's and Q's on defense. No guy on the basketball court is a threat to score with LeBron James out there. Not only will LeBron dominate from the offensive end as well, but he's also doing it on the defensive end, which really makes him the complete package. He's able to get in those passing lanes, shoot those gaps, and create transition opportunities where he is pretty much unstoppable. I'm not knocking LeBron James. I'll tell you what, I'm one of the guys, I, I don't hate the guy. Everyone made this big deal. We talked before about the, uh, the decision and all that. Yeah. Whatever. It was a bad idea. It didn't go that great. I don't hate the guy. And all the people said, well, if you're a real superstar, they should come to you. I don't care. 
Go to Miami. No. What do I care? It doesn't make right. me less of a play. I don't care about that stuff. But I, I, I say, gotta go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. No, go for it, Ron. Believe me. Um, it, it's not. It's not even so much the decision. I don't have a problem with anything he did. I mean, it wasn't anything illegal. It was within the NBA guidelines. And he did what a free agent did. He went to, I wouldn't say the highest bidder because he took less money to go to Miami. But, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. As far as the whole greatest player thing, I see what Scotty's saying. You know, Mike's probably not the greatest scorer ever. That may always stay with Wilt for the basketball purists. Um, the part that stands out to me is that he said LeBron gets everybody involved. I remember seeing dozens of games where Mike would he'd end the half 10 or 12 points, but he'd have four or five assists and just getting other guys involved. Guys, I can't like, say Mike was... Hey. I can't say... I can't say Mike was what we call a gunner. No. Not once he got the team around him. I can't say that. So I'm trying to think of some guys he may have been involved in. There's one guy I'm thinking of that may his career probably really benefited from playing with this guy. Like Scott Pippen. How about that? What are you talking about, get other guys? He made you. I'm, I'm, I don't know where you are on this, Ron. I'm one of the people who thinks Pippen's a little overrated, didn't think he's belonged in the, 75th, or the top 75 players of all time. Uh, maybe it's just impossible to judge a guy like that, like also trying to judge John Taylor. You, 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 what are you really seeing? He's got Jerry Rice across from him. Exactly, and that's sort of like what you what, That's like John Taylor coming out and saying, uh, you know, Jerry wasn't that great. Calvin Johnson's better. That's like the cornerback playing opposite Deion Sanders, who had actually probably never had more interceptions in the season than Deion, because Deion took away one side of the field. Oh, that guy's not that great. No, Mike did wonders for Scotty's career. When Scotty's confidence was low and he was having migraine headaches against the Detroit Pistons, I think it was Mike that helped him pull himself up by his bootstraps and helped him get himself together. Yeah, and here's another problem I had. Not only will LeBron dominate from the offensive end as well, but he's also doing on the defensive end. Michael Jordan, I think, was a two-time All-Defensive Player of the Year. I know he was back-to-back. What, 92-93 he was back-to-defensive Player of the Year, something like that? I'm not far off. So No, you're not. You're not. And he has, I know, at least two defensive players of the year, honest. I know at least two, maybe more. So... And, you know, it's like uh, Howard Eskin said a couple months ago arguing with Ike Reese about saying Jordan wasn't that good on defense, and Ike I thought was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> what are you talking about? Not that good on defense. Yeah. Jordan was the glove before the glove. Yeah. So I, I, I don't like that now. Granted, LeBron things that Jordan doesn't do on defense. LeBron's a shot blocker. Yes. <laughs> he is. He's. I, I, you have to say, I guess, a, a, a better pure athlete, right? Just because LeBron probably could have played football. LeBron is 6'8", is that right? 6'8", 270. Runs like a deer. And that's the scary part. That 270 is, that's all man. <laughs> that's all man. And he's covering, he's, 
He's six eight two seventy. He runs like a point guard. I've never seen anyone, probably, probably other than Scotty Pippen, track down a layup the way he does. Scotty was a master oh. at that. Would track a guy down and just a perfect block on the layup. What he did to Derrick Rose the other night it is, it, it was awesome. It, it was something to really behold. But what do you do there, Ron? You've got a guy in Derrick Rose that is filthy. I mean, he's just filthy, and some of the stuff he does, I actually thought, I think I said it with text the other night, it almost seems like they force it to him too much, which as yeah. they grow as a team, they can't do that. You have a mm-hmm. guy who's 6'8", so yeah, you want to pop one over my head, good luck. But he's yeah. fast enough that he couldn't dribble around him. Is the league MVP? And his wingspan. LeBron's oh. wingspan has to be of a guy seven, seven feet, seven two, And you couple it, that with his speed and his athleticism, you're not getting around him. No. You're not and, getting around them. And, and as of right now, and I, know, I think we put too much of this on individual guys, and I've said this numerous times, but six championships is tough to argue with. The two in the middle they didn't win was because he was playing baseball. Right. And that's when Akeem Olajuwon was at his best. Yes. Um, his, the first one in 91 that they won over Magic and the Lakers, they lost the first game and then won the next four. It was Jordan... Mm-hmm. Bill Cartwright was the center. Yep. Oh, Grant. Big man. Horace Grant is a legitimate big. He's all right. They were decent players. Horace Grant was a decent guy. Yeah. Bill Cartwright was okay. You know, he, Bill, he was at, at that point, really, Bill Cartwright was was a shot player. Bill was shot. His knees were done. Yeah. And this is also at a time when that was really a time of the big man too. Yeah. You know, uh, you know the Olajuwans and Ewings and that kind of stuff. They they were they were different. They found the way. Robinson. Um, the thing so was, they, look, they were pretty deep with big men. The Will Purdue's, the Bill Winningtons, the Stacey Kings yeah. of the world. They had guys they could throw at you that weren't great scores, but uh, you know they had six fouls and. They used them. <laughs> Especially against teams like the Pistons. You just keep sending people in there. Yeah, so send them in waves. I don't care. Send them in waves. Stacey King, that's great. I forget. You're yeah. a first-round pick in 91. Is that correct or in 90? 90. First number one overall pick. Wait, Stacey King was? I believe so. I believe he, I believe he was the number one overall pick. All right, well, we got a commercial break coming up, not right this second, but during that, I am going to look that up because that's a big swing and miss. I think it was 1990. Uh, I love Google. Uh, that was, boy. Yeah, let's well, check 90, that out. So maybe it's 89. No, it had to be 1991 because Derek Coleman was number one in 90. This probably 89 or 88. Because I remember. I want to say 88. Let's say 1988. I think it's 89, I'm only guessing that because he was, I think his, maybe not, you might be right. I'm trying to remember my hoops cards, man. <laughs> yeah, what year, what year did Kansas win it? 80, 89 was Ramil Robinson, right? Right, that was the Glenn Rice draft. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I'll say 87, 88. He was the number one overall pick, I believe. <sighs> that's, that's a tough one to swallow. 
But we have to take a break. We're going to get to more of this on the other side. Talking a lot of hoops tonight. Um, this is G Cobb in the house of VoiceAmericaSports.com. We'll see you in a few. flagship station for sports voice america sports the job of a professional athlete is never complete in life after the game host lamar campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world you'll understand the goals motivations and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Hedrick. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Tired of the same mundane talk radio show, boring opinions, and people not knowing or telling the truth? Tune into The Sports Life with Josh and Otis. This show is brought to you by two men who know the good, the bad, and the ugly of professional sports. Josh and Otis's experience and careers in the NFL give them access to the inside information and a reason to have a candid opinion. Tune into the Voice America Sports Channel Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific. The Sports Life with Josh and Otis. It's more than sports talk. It's a way of life. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here on G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren, along with Ron Glover. And basically, we're just wasting the breaks going through here, looking at old NBA draft and marveling at who was taken. I, I highly recommend this. If you're a sports fan out there, I don't know, you ever get into, like, just oh, crack open the 1990 NFL draft and just see who went where. It, it's so easy to look back uh, and say, boy, that was dumb. At the time, nobody had any clue. And it's just so neat to see how these things play out. A, I'm kind of a draft junkie like that. I love doing that stuff. But... We've done a lot of NBA tonight, and I wanted to quickly get into, pardon me, I guess it's the Phillies. I, I wanted to ask you a couple things about the NFL, and I'm tired of talking about the lockout. Honestly, I'm so sick of it. So I like to talk as though there's going to be football and just pretend and then sit in the corner with my eyes closed singing la, 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 I don't want to hear it. Forget <laughs> it. Football's happening. Um, I, was reading, I was reading something earlier this week where someone, I think it was Albert Breer, or oh, Jason Lockhampour of NFL Network, was saying, you know, if things heat up for Bulger, don't count out the Dolphins as a possible landing place. And 
people keep bringing up teams like the Seahawks and, and the Cardinals. Uh, you know, Minnesota could use a quarterback. Lots of teams could use a quarterback. I just think you explain something to me. What is it with Mark Bulger that people talk about him like he's some kind of a solution? <laughs> Are you serious? Mark Bulger, like, he didn't play a snap last year. He's a backup for the Ravens. Fine. I'm okay with him as a backup. He is shell-shocked. He does not want to take hits. I'm not blaming him. I don't either. That's why I'm sitting here on the radio and I'm not in a helmet playing in a real game. Because I'm a punk. You guys... Ron, am I missing something? Do you, have you noticed this obsession with people linking him to teams as though he's some kind of a solution? If I'm Seattle, I'll stick with Hackleback over him. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know what the deal is with it. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, a guy's rep- reputation travels. I don't know what type of reputation he has, you know, other than what we see as far as him being a quarterback. Maybe he's a good locker room guy. Maybe he's a good guy that a younger guy can come up under and groom. I don't know, but to hear Mark Bulger's name at the top of some uh, uh, NFL news during the lockout is that's news in itself. I, I, I didn't give it a ton of credence, and then I just keep seeing more and more reports, and then because you know how sometimes you hear something a few times and you don't think anything of it because you don't want to be the idiot to step up and be like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, I had enough. Yeah. I saw one too many reports. And I'm like, "All right, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is ridiculous." Ron, he has not completed 60% of his passes since 2006. Wow. That's kind of a problem for a guy, like, in a West Coast offense. How many games uh, have he played since 2006? Well, I can get you that information. I know in the last three years that he did play. Oh, you know, 2010, he didn't play. Right. Uh, 09, 08, 07 combined, he threw 34 picks. How can I add that to my team? <sighs> what are you watching? I mean, I'll, I'll get his numbers up here. I can't figure that out. I, I mean, it's almost, it's almost as ridiculous as Mike Shanahan telling me he's comfortable going into the season with John Beck, who has one career touchdown pass. That was kind of like when uh, Spurrier was there and he went with, with Patrick Ramsey. Poor Patrick Ramsey. You know what, Ron, now that you brought him up, because I have no problems going on tangents when we talk about the NFL. <laughs> You talk about a guy that probably got ruined and never got a chance in the NFL. Remember, yeah. his fun-and-gun offense that he installed was predicated on wide receivers making their own adjustments as they ran <laughs> and the quarterback the knowing which adjustments <laughs> they were going to make. And it didn't emphasize pass protection. He was getting lit. Yeah. Just completely unfair. So in 09, he started eight games because he can't stay healthy, which is another, where do I sign you know, five touchdowns, six picks, sacked 14 times. In 2008, he was sacked 38 times. In 2007, 37 times. In 2006, he was sacked 49 times. This is a guy that was like, a beaten guy. And I was like David Carr's numbers. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's just, I don't know, it's just ridiculous to me. And maybe, do you think teams, the, the league is that quarterback starts? You know, you've got the Vikings reaching for Ponder, who, all right, I'm not going to say he can or can't play, but a little bit of a reach. I thought the Titans reached for Locker. Yeah. You know, Gabbert might have been a good deal. You never know. We never know. I think I like that Gabbert pick for uh, for Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Ponder, Ponder was a leap of faith. 
<laughs> that wasn't a reach. Face, <laughs> I don't know. Oh my goodness! And I'm a I'm a Florida State guy, but I said ponder. They must know something we don't know. They must plan on changing their offense. I, I believe Florida State runs a pro set, so I can't see what will be much different. But ponder's elite, man. Ponder's a yeah. definite elite. I. It's maybe he gives one hell of an interview. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, yeah, I think most that. people thought that was a stretch. But that's just kind of people are dying for quarterbacks, and maybe that's where all this bulger talk comes from. Maybe that's why people are, and we've gotten into this a million times, that people are talking about first round picks for Kevin Cobb. And I'm thinking, are any of these guys real serious solutions? Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm so curious to see what's going to happen with Cobb when the uh, when this lockout ends. Uh, I'm wondering what's really going to happen. Well, it, it's not just the trade, Ron. When you think about it, he's going to want money. His contract mm-hmm. up after this year, he's going to want starter money. Yeah. And but but if I'm a team though, Ron, now I got to say, hey, first round pick, I already got to break the bank on him. Right. In your first round pick, I, I mean, I don't think I'd give up a first round pick just because I don't believe he's worth it. But right, the feeling around the league seems to be that he is. I thought I heard something the other day that Andy Reid wouldn't take any less. His starting point in negotiations is two second round picks, nothing less. So from what I'm understanding right now, Andy's already set. That's the lowest he's going. That's the basement. So it's nothing but you know, heading up after that. I'm fine with that. What do you think? I'm fine with that. I'm fine with two second-round picks. What I think Andy needs to do is get this done and stop playing around. And once again, Andy's going to outsmart himself, and there'll be no takers, and then you'll have another situation. You'll have another disgruntled guy in the the, uh, clubhouse, in the locker room. And And this... Although he's been a good soldier with this thing, and, I mean, you got to consider everything with the McNabb issue and then, you know, with Vic, he's probably had the patience of Job during this thing. Yeah, I mean, he's really been a, a stand-up guy, all things considered. And, you know, I would like to see him get another shot. And he not did. here. Not here. But elsewhere. I think he deserves that much. He does, and the whole good soldier thing, I get that. He has. And he also got he got a little bit of a payday a couple years ago, too, to right. ease the pain a little bit. Right. Um, he deserves the shot to be an everyday starter. Is he going to be? I don't know. What I don't want to hear is, Ron, is what, I don't want to hear people tell me from the Eagles, well, you Cobb was a second-round pick, and we turned it into two second-rounders. That is the biggest crop yeah. of crap. Yeah. Because if I said right now, hey, Ron, you give me your second-round pick in this 2011 draft, I'll give you two second-rounders in 2014. Mm-hmm. The next you know five years, click. Do. You know, that's what he's going to do. His thing is... <laughs> Nobody would do that. It's going to be something that's going to drive us nuts. <laughs> Make the deal. Just don't spin it to me, man. Don't, don't tell yeah. me that. Okay. I don't know. That's Andy. 
I know. And, and I'm an Andy fan overall. I really am. But don't I mean, overall, yeah. And I, if he just ran the ball, he would be he would be that guy. But I don't know. I mean, there's not too many guys you can find out there that are going to do what Andy does. And I think he's lightened up over the years. But uh, he still falls into that thing where he's trying to outsmart everybody. The whole organization, Ron. It's all of them. Yeah. Oh, look, yeah. we got this guy, Daryl Tapp, that no one knew anything about. Ernie Sims, look at this little secret. They're not secrets. They're not that good. Exactly. No one's touched them for a reason. <laughs> exactly. So that's one thing we got to look forward to, to Ron, is, is when the lockout ends, is more of that kind of nonsense. They get their aggressive planning free agency. But I'm curious to see what happens with it. But for now... We have to run and let everyone else get on with their Memorial Day weekends. Happy Memorial Day to everyone. I want to thank Ron Glover for joining me this week. I'm Micah Warren. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Please, everyone, be safe this weekend, and we'll see you next week. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.